Open up to, uh, to Psalm 8, uh, and uh, you will see that the first verse starts out, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. I was in a nursing home uh, some years ago, and uh, I was talking with the, uh, the resident there, and uh, do a little devotion with them, take communion with, to them, and then closing with prayer. And uh, uh, obviously, I'm talking to this individual about Jesus. And as I come out of the room, there's a strange man standing there. Strange as I don't know him. I, he may have been strange. I don't know. Uh, but uh, just I didn't know him. And he's standing there in the door. And I, I, I'm like, hi. He's like, hey, I, I don't know you. <laughs> and he's like, I heard you say the beautiful, sweet name of my Savior. And I just had to stop and listen. How precious is this name? How majestic is Jesus' name in all the earth? And in this psalm, I love that it actually uses God's proper name. Now, this doesn't come across in the English because you, you, you see where it says, O oh Lord, and it, it's all in all caps. When, when you're reading in, all, in the Old Testament, you see the word Lord in all caps. That, that's God's proper name. Uh, but people don't want to, you know, pronounce that. You know, there's like the second commandment thing and they're, they're afraid of taking God's name in vain. And, and so they just don't say it, which is hogwash. We need to say the name. Uh, but, oh Lord, it is I am. Uh, it, it's that word, uh, Yahweh. And, and it actually calls him by name and, 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 and notes that he is our, our Lord, our master, our savior, our guardian, our, our defender, And he has given us his name, given us the privilege of taking that name on our lips to pray, to praise and give thanks and to make his name known. Because by making his name known, we're making him known going out and making disciples of all nations. And I love that word majestic. Uh, I, I was looking at, uh, at, at the original with this, and that word majestic, it means expansive and, and broad and, and huge, above the sky. And can you think of anything that's bigger and more expansive and broader than the, the sky? I mean, it's just, it just goes on and on and on. And you look at it at night and you just, you know, Whoa, and God's name is bigger and more expansive and more glorious than everything that you see in the heavens above. Out of the mouths of of babies and infants, you have established strength because of your foes to still the enemies and the avenger. There There is a mystery in God's kingdom that kind of turns things upside down from the way that that our earthly logic expects things to work. You know, we we expect, when we're dealing with foes, we we can actually see this going on in the world right now. How do you respond to injustice and foes? You push back. You strike back. But that's not the way God is going to address his foes. He is... He is going to overcome his foes with babies and infants. 
And so check this out. What, what, what Jesus says in, in Luke chapter 9, he says that, that there was an argument that arose among the disciples as to who was the greatest. Mm, who's the most powerful? Who's the biggest, the baddest, the best of all the disciples? But Jesus, knowing the reasoning of their hearts, took a child and put him by his side and said to them, whoever receives this child in my name receives me. And whoever receives me receives him who sent me. For he who is least among you is the one who is great. Wait a minute, Jesus, that's not the way it works in the world. And he would say, I know. Guess what? The kingdom of God has come. The kingdom of God has come. And there's a new logic. And there's a new way that he works through humility. Through through things that we would even call foolish and weak. I mean, after all, look at who he sent to represent him in the world. Us, sinners, to represent a holy God. People with great flaws to proclaim the perfection of God. People who sometimes uh, get our priorities goofed up like the disciples did. Worried about greatness, wants, distractions, and things that pass away to make disciples of all nations. Truly, God chose what was foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world and things that are not. Things that don't even exist. That's what God chose to bring to nothing the things that are. So that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And his enemies are left speechless. Because it all looks like weakness to them. This forgiveness, this mercy, this this love. Even the cross, the sacrifice that atones for our sins, where we are reconciled to God, looks like foolishness and failure. But God wins the victory through them. And his foes are, are, are left wondering, how did this happen? When I look at your heavens, the works of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? The psalmist is in awe of creation. Look at the heavens. Look at the skies. Think about the thrill of space travel. Uh, Anyone remember when uh, they put a man on the moon? I wasn't born yet. Um, That was kind of a big deal. There was this guy named Neil Armstrong. He came from uh, Wapakoneta, Ohio. Right? Uh, First person to step out onto the moon. You know, a small step for... How did that go? There you go. You know it. Why was it such a big deal? 
Think, think about all the, 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 the sci-fi shows that are, you know, space. Whoa, the final frontier, right? And, and there's just this imagination about how huge and, and, and expansive. It, and, and now, just this past week, right? You know, Americans back in space with an American spacecraft. Thanks to SpaceX. This is, this is really exciting stuff. It, it, it fires up the imagination when we, we look at the heavens. We're in awe of that expanse and the, the depth, and we feel so small in comparison. But God is mindful of, of, of us, of you. He makes himself known to you. As Father, your Creator. And the, the, the Son takes on human flesh to become one of us so that we can know God's love and receive His forgiveness. And the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, oh my goodness, He dwells in us, among us, and He comforts us and, and shapes us and forms us. He's not a God who's at a distance. He's right here. And we find ourselves as creatures in awe of creation, considering a creator who is obviously powerful and transcendent. But he chooses. He chooses to pay attention to us, to relate to us even to dwell among us. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. There's a little interesting piece of Hebrew going on in this verse. You know, if you were to compare some different translations, um, this is the English Standard Version. You have made him a little lower than uh, the heavenly beings. If you uh, grew up with the King James Version, you would know that this says uh, in that translation, you've made him a little lower than the angels. If you are a New American Standard fan, uh, it says you have made him a little lower than God. And as I look at the Hebrew, I think that that's actually the best translation. Our problem as human beings is sin, right? And the first sin, go all the way back to when Adam and Eve were in the garden, the first sin, they want to be like God. They already were. They already were. But they make this upward reach to become like God. They were already made in God's image. But oh no, it's not. I'm going to reach up and I'm going to take hold of, of God and become like him. And, and this is still the heart of our sin. That we reach up to take hold of Godness. To take hold of glory. And to become the power and authority in our own lives. But notice what God does. 
God reaches down. He comes down. The Son empties himself of his glory to become the proper image of God among us so that when we see Jesus, we know God in his fullness. He comes down, setting aside glory, putting honor to the side to go to the cross and even to go through humiliation, through suffering, through sacrifice. And he wins the victory and now is crowned with with glory and, and honor eternally. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, all the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens, the fish of the seas, whatever passes along the paths of the seas. And once again, we find ourselves contemplating our place in creation. Creature related to creature as stewards to our creator. Entrusted with this world but our humanity falls short. And again, we're reminded of Jesus. We We don't steward our fellow creatures rightly, do we? You know, and we could talk about that in terms of pollution, and we could talk about that in terms of uh, the, the cutting down of the rainforests um, and, and all of these kinds of things. But I think that we can also talk about that in our treatment of our fellow human beings. And we see terrible examples of that going on in, in the midst of us, in the midst of our, our communities even now. And we don't recognize the stamp of the Creator on our fellow human beings. But we look to Jesus. Jesus, of whom Paul says, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God something to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, being found in human form. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. In heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And we should be clear that our tongues confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father through the work of the Holy Spirit who, just as he did on Pentecost, convicts us of sin and delivers Jesus' salvation to us. And in that faith, our knees bow to worship and to say, Oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Amen.